You're listening to the Church Members Podcast, and I'm your host, Jesse Bragg. All right, welcome back to the Church Members Podcast. Today we've got Pastor Daryl Cox of Moxville, North Carolina, Trinity Baptist Church with us. Uh, he's going to be talking to us for just a little bit here. Um, I've asked him to just kind of talk to us, maybe give us a few bus stories on the bus ministry and uh, maybe char- charge and challenge uh, some preachers, um, some younger preachers, uh, preachers my age, you know, that are uh, either just starting out in the ministry or just starting out pastoring. Or uh, I'm, I've asked him to uh, uh, to just maybe give us a challenge, give us a charge. And uh, so, Brother Cox, if you would, maybe just tell us kind of how long you've been in the ministry, where you started, and how long you've been preaching. And Well, I started, uh, <clears throat> preacher, I started, uh, got called to preach in 1979. Amen. And uh, under Brother Frank Pittman, uh, who was my pastor, I didn't get saved under him, but I got called to preach under him. And... I was living in West Virginia. I really did not know uh, that I needed maybe some some Bible school training to go to college. So I didn't really, really know that, so I didn't pursue that. Uh, but I was called to preach around that time. And then, so I started looking for places in a way to preach. Like, for instance, I'd go to the rescue mission. Right. Back in that day, it doesn't exist now, but the old haven of mercy rescue mission was there in Beckley and so I went to the director and asked him if he could use somebody and uh, he said well you know right now we're full but somebody may quit uh, never know give me your name and number <coughs> so that's what happened uh, right. a couple of guys dropped out I uh, got a couple of nights a week to go to that Man. mission that I started going uh, to uh, here and there uh, you know the the, the nursing homes that kind of thing, stay busy. But I was always busy about personal soul winning, trying to win people to Christ. I always was busy about that, faithful to church, and then uh, preached a little bit in our children's church at home. Yes, sir. So I stayed busy preaching there. But then a church well, there in Bolt, West Virginia, in 1982, I'd been called to preach in the fall of 79. In, in early 1982, they needed a pastor. I went there to just fill in. But long story short, I became the pastor and was there for three years, right almost three, and then came to Trinity Baptist Church at the end, the very end of 1984 in Moxville, North Carolina, and have been there ever since. Next year will be my, this is my 39th year here. Amen. And so, uh, been at a little bit of while, yes, sir. Yeah, a little yes, while, sir. yes, sir. And uh, and I've enjoyed it. Amen. It's been good. It's been it's been a wonderful uh, life of, of pastoring. But you know, there's been battles, and you're going to have that. I don't care if you're an evangelist, missionary, Christian school teacher, bus director, bus worker, personal worker, soul winner. It doesn't matter. Battles are going to come. Yes, sir. To anybody. Matter of fact, if you do do not do any of the above, then battles still come. That's right. So there are going to be battles, but the Lord has helped us. 
and kept us going. Yes, sir. All these many years. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I heard you say, uh, I believe it was you at, at, at Brother Tony Shirley's camp meeting that since you've been at Trinity, there's not been a week that somebody wasn't saved through the ministry of Trinity Baptist. That's true. There's not been a Sunday that we have not had people saved. The first two Sundays I was there, the, the heater in the baptistry was broken. I come in the winter. I come there. Actually, I come the last few days of December uh, there. But in the second week of January, 1984, we uh, or 1985, I'm sorry, January 1985, the second Sunday of January, we had people saved and baptized that Sunday and have not had a Sunday since that, that we've not had people saved and Amen. baptized. Amen. Now, to, to, and to God be the glory for that. I've had some wonderful workers who have worked hard at getting out and winning people to Christ and bringing them to church. Yes, and sir. preacher, that's the key. Lots of times, you know, people will look at the church and say, well, you know, uh, if we had a better preacher, we could do this. Lots of times it's the layman. Pastors get a lot of you know, credit sometimes for uh, pastoring a church and doing a good job. And, and I'm not saying they shouldn't, but, but what I'm trying to say that many times it's that layman in the pews that's working along with their pastor yes, sir. and holding his hands up. That's helping win people to Christ. Also, I can vouch for that. Here. You know that. Yes, and we all know that have been yep. pastoring. Yes, sure. Sir. We know yes, it. Yeah. Well, brother, won't you tell it, get, you know, maybe uh, I've asked you maybe to give us a few Bus, bus stories. stories. Well, some, okay. Some of your favorites, maybe? Or Okay. Well, uh, I, I will tell you one that changed my life. You know, the Bible says in uh, the Gospel of Luke in the 14th chapter, when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind, and thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. In other words... They can't pay you, but you'll be paid at the judgment seat of Christ. Man. So don't be looking to get payback here. God will take care of that on the other end, you see. Yes, sir. And said, but when thou makest a feast, call the poor. And, uh, you know, that's sort of been uh, the story a lot of, of, of a lot of our ministry because of having such a, the, the bus ministry being such a, a big part of what we do. And I've been in the bus ministry personally. For a lot of years, many years ago, I'll tell you something that helped us with this. Me and my wife was on a bus uh, there one Sunday in Lexington, North Carolina, and we'd picked up four children out of a house. And these children got on the bus and the oldest boy uh, there of the, of the three of the four, he was crying when he got on the bus. And so. When he was when he walked by me there, I said, "What's wrong, buddy?" And he just shook his head, no, as if to not answer me. And then he went on back and sat down. and And my wife went to him and asked him what was wrong, and he he wouldn't say. So she came up and said, "He's still crying. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong." And so I said, "Well, go back and sit down and talk to him and see if you can find out what's the matter." Sure enough, she did and went back and sat down and she come up and whispered to me and said, he's hungry. He's mm. hungry. Man, when she told me that and I was driving the bus, it literally pierced my heart. I mean, I, it just, it just broke my heart 
that we had, you know, kids on the bus there that was that was hungry to the point of crying. So we got to the church, and I told my wife the parsonage was right beside the, the church, and I told her, I said, you take these kids, these four kids, to the house, and you scramble some eggs, fix some toast and some bacon, and you make sure these kids get fed. Yes, sir. And then you bring them on in when it's time for the children's church. And so she did. And uh, boy, all day that thing just got got away with me, you know. Yes, sir. That we got children here that are hungry. So I went to a man in another town that I knew, a businessman who was a member of another church. And he owned a meat packing company. They had they had uh, they sold lunch meat and steaks and all of that. And so I talked to him about did you ever have any meat that, that you know that's access some that you're going to get rid of or whatever. And he said we do. And he said if you'll come by, I told him what I was doing, told him that story that I just told you. And he said, if you'll come by on on uh, Friday evenings, if you'll come by on Friday evening, I will have you a big box of uh, food, of, of lunch meats and hot dog wieners and different kinds of meat. And you take it and use it how you need it. So we would take it. I got me a crew. I believe it was three ladies. It may have been four. And we had a little kitchen that we made a little building and had a stove and a refrigerator in it and sinks and running water and, and all of that. And this crew of ladies, may have been four, and had some others that helped, and they'd alternate. And uh, they would come in early on Sundays and fix sandwiches <laughs> and fix uh, and fix. We didn't have any money. We would have bought the food. We didn't have no money. Our church was struggling financially we didn't have any money we'd get enough money to buy the bread and uh, the the workers the bus workers would bring their drinks but make kool-aid and that kind of thing and we would get some lunch cakes some of those little debbie cakes yes sir and so every sunday on the bus we'd have a lunch cake something to drink and we would make extra sandwiches and make sure that everybody who rode a bus if it was 200, 300, when the bus got there, there'd be a man out there with a pad, with a notepad, and he would write down the bus numbers. Then he would take those numbers and the bus number and the town it came from and how many was on the bus. He would give them to those ladies, and those ladies went right to work fixing food Making and boxing it up. Yeah. So we would always have extra. And it was unreal to see how... Some of these children, yes, sir. That what they were eating, there's a oh. lot of them coming in hungry. Oh, wow. We started that in 1985, early 1985, and we've not missed a Sunday except when the COVID shutdown was. We've not missed a Sunday fixing sandwiches, fixing uh, lunch cakes, having lunch cakes, amen. And then a couple times a year, we'll, we'll have big days where we fix, you know. A uh, lot of food and just, but we've never charged a penny. We've never charged nobody a nickel. Yeah. And we just, uh, we wanted to make sure, yes, sir. Uh, you know, that uh, people said, well, you're bribing them. Well, we don't, we don't see it that way. Yeah. You know something? If a hungry kid, if, if that is bribing them, then I'm guilty. Guilty. Yeah. I, I plead yeah. guilty. 
And but we're not trying to bribe. Well, them. just on the other side of this wall here, we have a room um, that's full of food right now, and we have a lady in our church who just got burdened about that about our our kids, and she came up with uh, what we call the backpack ministry, and what she she went and bought a bunch of backpacks, put our church logo on them, and they're all the same, and uh, every every week. She'll come in and she fills those backpacks full of food. And then tomorrow on bus visitation, the men will take them to all the ones that, that need it. And then when they empty that backpack, <clears throat> we'll bring them another one next week and just swap it. Great. And we do that every week. And we've wonderful. And because of, because of that ministry that she started, um, and to be honest with you, she does it all by herself. Wow. Every week, and she pe- fills those backpacks full. Isn't that great? And uh, and 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 so we, we, uh, you know, we have a big uh, Kidsville area upstairs, and we give them all kinds of game, you know, uh, prizes and things like that. And I have to say, there's nothing more rewarding than the bus ministry. Absolutely, uh, that's one of my, <clears throat> one of my, uh, I guess. I don't want to say it was one of my requirements, but that was one of my strong stipulations that when I, you know, if I'm going to pastor somewhere, you know, we're going to have a bus ministry. Right, you know. right, yeah. You know, it's proved to be one of the best things we've ever done. When I pastored in Bolt, we had a bus ministry. And of course, Bolt was just a little bitty town of just about 500 people. We still had a bus ministry. We would go like over the mountain into Glen Rogers and pick up people. We'd go up towards Beckley, pick up people in Eccles and the edge of Beckley. Bolt was small, and we'd pick up a few people there. We'd go down Route 3 towards Whitesville to pick up people. And then we picked up people in, in Bolt. But we'd, we'd load a couple of buses and bring people. And, of course, there was people who used their cars and brought people. But uh, thank God for it there. But then when it came to Trinity... They, Brother Gene Blackburn, who's now with the Lord, had already had a bus ministry going. And uh, it's grew. We've got more buses going now. And uh, But he's the one that actually had the vision and started the, the bus ministry there. But we have seen hundreds and thousands of people saved and brought to church and saved and baptized people. It's enrolled in Sunday school. We've got yes. a young man teaching in our Christian school, now who's teaching in our high school, that as a child, as a young boy, was saved in our bus ministry Amen. that's turned out to be a very fine young man Amen. that loves God, is on fire for the Lord. And matter of fact, he drives a church bus on one of our routes. Amen. So, brother, it's a, it is a blessing. And, and, and that's what it says. When thou makest a feast, call the poor. And the feast being the gospel feast. Yes, sir. Uh, we don't want to lead people to believe that all we do is come to church and have something to eat. Yeah. The main thing is getting the gospel to people, getting people saved, baptizing the convert, in getting them in Sunday school, enrolling them in church and Sunday school and getting them in, and then doing all we can then to help them in other ways. There's people we brought in that's had it hard and uh, don't have enough to eat or whatever, we tried to, to, to be a blessing. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. So it's it's been a blessing. That, that'd be, and I've got hundreds and hundreds of stories of reaching people and bringing people in and 
you know, when you say your favorite stories, man, I've had so many stories. Uh, good gracious, just just uh, story after story about yeah. people being saved. Yeah, yeah. And uh, even last week, uh, I was on the bus route last Saturday and was coming out of a, an apartment, some apartments. There was a lady and her little girl came and uh, was putting some stuff in a dumpster. And I said, hey, man, and she spoke and... And I said, you and your little girl in church and Sunday school? No, sir, we're not, but we we really need to be. And so I was able to lead that lady to Christ. Amen. Now I've got her on her bus and bus route trying to get her established in church and Sunday school. So Amen. I could, you know, there's just hundreds of stories. Yes, sir. And there's over 7 billion people on planet Earth. And so we ought to find them, you know, find what we can, do what we can. That's right. I maybe can't reach everybody, but I can reach Somebody, you know, Dr. Bob Gray told a story one time about a little boy walking up the seashore of the ocean and a bunch of uh, uh, jellyfish had washed up on the beach and just hundreds of them had washed up on the beach. And this little boy was walking up the beach, picking them up and slinging them back out into the water. There was a man sitting in a lawn chair with an umbrella over his head that said to that little boy, he laughed and, and said, Son, you will never get all those jellyfish back out in the water. And the little boy picked one up and said to, about the little starfish, I may not save them all, but he picked one up and hurled it out into the water and he said, but it means all the world to this one. Yeah. And you know, I may not win the world, Christ. Yes, sir. But if I can reach that one next at a one, time. Yeah, if I can get that next yes, one. Yes, sir. And then you can reach another one. Then I can reach another one. And just keep reaching them. Yes, sir. One day, brother Jesse, this thing's all going to be over. That's right. And really, all that's going to matter. It's not going to be long. That's right. And, and all that's really going to matter is what we tried to do for Christ. That's right. Preacher. And trying to rescue those that are lost. Yes, sir. So, well, what would you have to say quickly before we close? To some preachers, maybe, uh, maybe they just began to pastor or just getting into the ministry. What would you have to maybe challenge us with, preacher? Well, I would say this: what Paul told Timothy. Uh, you know, he told him in verse fourteen of the third chapter. He said, "But continue thou in the things that thou hast learned yes, and been assured of." Somebody invested in you yes sir and trained you and taught you somebody invested in me brother gene garlow uh my pastor's been in heaven now for many many years the man that preached the gospel when i got saved he invested my life he married me and my wife he taught us then brother gene resigned the church brother frank Pittman became my pastor brother frank was my pastor for several years then brother larry easler was my pastor and those men trained me and taught me. But not only that, there was others that invested in me. Dr. Jack Hiles, Dr. Tom Malone, Dr. Lee Robertson, Dr. Man. Curtis Hudson, Man. Uh, Dr. Bob Gray, so many others. And many, many, many more than I could even name. Many more invested in me and taught me and trained me. Now, what I learned from them, I'm to continue you see what I'm saying? Yes, sir. I don't need to be out here looking for new things. I don't need to be looking for 
and there's nothing wrong with what I'm trying to say. You, you get a good idea somewhere, something that'll help you, help your buildings, help your ministry or something. But we, we need to stick with the Bible. Man, we need to stay with the Bible. Yes, sir. Stay with the old King James Bible. Amen. Continue to preach the Word of God, salvation for sinners. Yes, sir. Get them baptized, train them and teach them. Separation from the world. Live a separated, dedicated life under the Lord. Win souls. Stay at the main thing. Keep winning people to Christ. Yes, sir. Stay separated from the world. You need the Spirit of God on your life as a young preacher. Get the hand of God on you. Stay in the prayer closet. Find the secret place. Stay with God in prayer. Stay in this old book and stay with the old paths. Wherein is the good way. Amen. The good way. Yes, stay sir. in the good way. Yes. Well, what's the good way? The old ways. Yes, sir. See, if you're not careful, so many things out here, and some of it looks good, but it'll sure get you on a bad path. It'll take you way out in the field and drop you. Yes, sir. And if you'll just stay with what's been proven to work, that's what I'd give advice to young preachers. Thank you, preacher. Yes, well, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for preaching in our Jubilee and uh, sharing your heart with us. And I know it's a long way to travel and uh, we're grateful. <clears throat> we'll be, we'll be forever grateful that you came and I'm honored. <clears throat> I am and, thrilled uh, and honored. Hopefully, Thank you for uh, hopefully we can do this again soon. I'd be honored. Amen. Thank you. I'd preacher. be honored. Thank you, brother Bragg for having me and God bless you and your work here. And, and this is a, you got a great jubilee going on. Yeah. Amen. Thank, Thank you. you, brother. All right. Y'all tune in next time to the church members podcast and we'll see you next time. Thank you.